Hi and welcome to the Journalism Salute. I'm Mark Simon. In each episode, we'll talk to or about an interesting person or organization related to journalism. The intent is to show that journalists are not the enemy of the people. Thank you for listening. On today's show, we're joined by Steve Novotny, who is the co-founder of Lead News, which builds itself as a complement and not a competitor to media outlets in the Upper Ohio Valley, West Virginia. Lead News is a website. Steve also hosts the podcast. Uh, Steve, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. And I, I've read about you as you've read about me. And, um, you know, having worked in baseball in my past, uh, you had some pretty cool gigs, man. You've had some <laughs> really pretty cool gigs. Thanks. We don't typically delve into that world on this, but we'll get a chance to do that a little bit here. This is another yeah. of a few interviews that we've done with hyperlocal media. Reminds me of the interview that we did with Robin Kemp of the Clayton Crescent, for those that want to go back and check that out. We also owe a thank you to John Miller, our regular listener and producer of the documentary Moundsville. So I want to get to your career, but first, I, and I know that these kind of go hand in hand, what's your connection to the area? Well, I grew up here. Um, I was adopted out of an orphanage up in Pittsburgh by my wonderful mother and father. Uh, they lived down here. They brought me here. Uh, they gave me all the opportunities that a, a young person could ever want. Um, played a lot of sports, of course. Um, so when it comes to wheeling in the upper Ohio Valley, which is an 11-county area, but in those 11 counties, a lot of us know each other, um, especially now, thanks to social media. Um, but I grew up here. Um, there was a heyday that I experienced. I'm old enough to, to be able to have experienced that during the steel industry and the manufacturing industry. So um, not saying I didn't move away, but there came a time when coming home just seemed to make sense. And just to educate people on um, your age, I guess, so to speak, you're talking about you grew up in the 1970s, right? I did. Yeah, I'm 54 years old. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So can you hit on some of the highlights of your journalism career? Because it is certainly pretty varied. Yeah, it is. Um, I started at a uh, local, or I'm sorry, a, a weekly newspaper down in Wetzel County, West Virginia, uh, which is two counties south of where I'm from in Ohio County. Did that for about two and a half years, got promoted to the Wheeling Papers, climbed the ladder there, uh, became the Ohio editor because Ohio is a part five from my house, covered that. And then in 1997, I was hired to begin the official newspaper of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I did that from, well, 96, that was. I did that from 96 through 2004 and decided to move home instead of going somewhere else again and started doing talk radio, all topics talk radio. I had started sports radio uh, up on Pittsburgh's ESPN 1250 and decided there was an opportunity down here on a 50,000 watt stick, WWVA. Um, so I took that avenue and decided to come home to be close to our parents, my wife and I. That uh, Queer Channel, that was a Queer Channel station. Uh, the Queer Channel business model blew up <laughs> and uh, I was uh, then writing for the State Journal, the West Virginia State Journal, until I started on another local radio station, and I was there for 13 years. Uh, started, uh, started Lead News prior to leaving that radio station, but now uh, Lead News is my gig. Um, I do uh, 
I do a podcast by the name of Steve Novotny Lives, and uh, Lee publishes at least four times a day, if not more often. It is a digital newspaper. Yeah, it, it very much is for those that uh, have the opportunity to go there. Were you with something called Wheelunk? That, okay. um, I was one of the three people that started Wheelunk. Because of the way Wheelunk went, I didn't see it as a highlight mark. And that's why that's oh. what the for. Gotcha. Uh, but, you know, we, we were pretty successful until um, they couldn't figure out how to sell for digital media here in the Wheeling area. Um, Lead has not had that problem. Um, we have been very successful. Uh, and uh, I'll take this opportunity to thank all those advertisers, of course. Uh, but... Yeah, it's it's people. This is the new this is the new medium. This is the new platform. Maybe when Wheelunk was around, the advertisers, the businesses, they weren't ready for it. But when Lead News started in two thousand and nineteen, they were most definitely ready for it. And you have a partner that that works with you, right? I do. Erica Donahay is my business person, my IT person. I'm the content guy. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of the sales. So, you know, uh, because of what I've done for a living, I'm blessed to know a whole lot of people around here. And that certainly helped lead. I was going to say that, that you have a, a very strong variety here that we don't typically uh, talk to. Uh, so, all right, first of all, uh, to start, what did you learn from baseball writing that you're able to implement into your work now? Well, with uh, the, the newspaper was called Pirate Report. And it was 40 pages, four colors. Um, pretty, pretty extensive, but we only came out twice every two weeks. Okay. So a lot of it <clears throat> was feature writing and I've always been a big fan of feature writing. Uh, when I was with the newspapers, the West Virginia press association honored me, uh, and most often with feature writing awards. Um, I was just at my high school alma mater today, actually working with a creative writing class on features. Uh, because I'm a member of the class of 85 of Lindsley. And one of the students asked me, well, you know, what, what's the best part about writing a feature? And I said, there's no formula. And of course, I explained how in news stories, you've got the pyramid and the backwards pyramid and, you know, blah, blah, the who, what, when, where, and why, and how, and all that. I said, but with features, uh, guys, do what you want come up with your own style you know so one one young lady asked me can i start with a quote i was like absolutely <laughs> i said and before anybody else asks me if they can do this and if they can do that my answer is going to be yes because features is like prose um it's the it's the the prose version of poetry so to speak you can go about a feature any way you want and that's the way i did it with baseball and that taught me that you can do that with regular feature writing as well. What did you learn from talk radio that you're able to apply to what you do now? Well, I've always had this voice. Uh, and it's not a radio voice. Some people think it is. It's not. <laughs> Trust me, it's just my voice. What I learned from doing radio um, that goes into what I do now with lead, obviously, the broadcasting with the podcast and Steve Novotny lives. Uh, but I think it's more mind organization, um, being able to fly off the cuff and actually be understood. Uh, because when you're on live radio, you're on live radio and uh, you can't take back what you said. 
So you, you have to be not careful, but you have to be, you know, uh, organized to be able to do a talk radio show. When I was on regular radio, it was three hours a day, five days a week. Um, so there's a lot of organization coming up with 15 hours of live radio. Now with the podcast, it's three days a week, soon to be five, uh, but it's only two hours a day because to make lead work, I have to write. Yep. Uh, but it's the same. You just, plus retention, I think, uh, is another part, Mark, and you know this. Uh, when you do radio, you don't want to have to look up something in the middle of a live show. <clears throat> and, and also because you don't want to have to look stuff up over and over and over again. Uh, if you can retain it and use it in the future while you're broadcasting live, then that usually is the best way it's going to work. Okay, so with all this in mind and your background and your current work, um, it, it, uh, what's the goal here? What's, what are you trying to accomplish with, with what you're doing? Well, I believe digital media is the new, is the new medium. Uh, I believe newspapers are fading. Uh, unfortunately, here in Wheeling, the newspaper that I once worked for um, barely has a circulation. Um, on my street, a very crowded uh, urban street, um, the, newspaper, the adult newspaper carrier um, stops at one house and throws a newspaper up on the porch. One house of probably 50 or 60 on my street. Um, that tells me a lot about the future of media. Um, and the biggest reason why I started Lead News and got away from, um, you know, other people who owned their own media outlets is because I think media <clears throat> has really changed. And I think ownerships feel as if they don't have to allow a journalist to be a journalist anymore. Instead, I believe they, they believe they can dictate even on the local level, like they do on the upper levels, which is absolutely obvious. So if I want to continue covering my hometown in a most honest way and in a way that's going to help people and not tear them down, I had to find my own way to be able to do that. And the demographics of your readership, I'm curious about that because I noticed that you have a considerable following on something like Facebook. Uh, less so on something like Twitter, which made me think that the demographics of your readership tend to skew a little older. It does. Um, while our demographics show that, you know, 25 to 80 is reading lead news, it doesn't get thick until 30. So 18 to 25 is thinner. Um, and that's because, to be honest with you, um, I don't think young people are ready for the news yet. I think that, you know, young people, I know I was, maybe you were too, Mark. I think I was still forming my own opinions and didn't need to hear anybody else's. Plus, if you think about it these days, Mark, um, our young people are pretty smart folks. They don't want to hear fake news and they don't want to hear this bias report and that bias report. You know, you and I have been in this long enough. We can, we can watch the CNNs and the Foxes and we can pick out the real information from those reports and we can toss aside the bias. They don't have that ability. I also think people don't really start caring much until they're either married with child or about 30 years old. 
Um, you know, and I mean, seriously, Mark, think about it. If I weren't in the newspaper business as early as the age of 24, I don't know how much I'd have cared about the news back then. You're, you're talking about depth of caring, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So recent stories that you've done, I was looking through the site. You have a mix of hard news. You did a, uh, mm-hmm. some pieces recently on law enforcement and crime reduction. You keep up with a local bridge project that uh, I know that you've um, kept close tabs on. You have profiles of community residents. You have a sports section, and it's a legit one. You recently wrote about a local track star. Um, what are some of the pieces that you've done that you're most proud of? Well, I got to give one of my writers credit for the track star. Uh, that was Michael Hughes. Um, and a lot of people believe that young man from Wheeling Park High is headed to the Olympics. If you were on Lead News today, you see that I wrote about a local sheriff comparing the way that he grew up with how young people are growing up today and how he fears that this drug culture doesn't suck them up like it has so many. Um, I've written about the hesitancy with, um, with vaccinations and how that's hampering the people here in Ohio County and across the country with herd immunity. I'd love to be done with COVID-19. I'm double vaccinated, damn it. And I did that because I want to be able to get out behind this desk again, for goodness sake. You know what I mean? Um, But one feature that I released on Friday evening, last Friday, is on a, a dear friend of mine, Brett Kane. Brett is one of the most prolific and terrific live performers we've ever had here in the Wheeling area. Brett is also 6'7", 450 pounds, and a type 2 diabetic. Uh, the diabetes is getting the better of him. Um, you know, he may lose his leg because of infections in his foot, in his leg, he was in an 11, he was in a 12 day coma in Morgantown and nobody thought he was going to live through that. Brett did live through that. And during those 12 days, I asked him, I said, could you hear people talking to you? Because you hear that, right? Or did you have dreams or what? He goes, Steve, I had a dream that I was one of the bouncers in Roadhouse, <laughs> the old movie. And I said, well, which one were you? You know, were you Dalton or were you Wade Garrett? And he goes, I was neither one of them. I beat those two up. <laughs> you know, but that, that to me symbolized my buddy Brett Kane fighting to survive, fighting to wake up, fighting to make music again. And I love that feature. And the readers, according to analytics, really enjoyed it as well. And that goes back to what you were talking about, too, with feature writing and, and the types of things that you want to convey um, yeah. in a piece. Um, now, you've been on both sides of reporting. I'm not here to, we're not going to get into the issue, but you previously served as the chair of the Wheeling Human Rights Commission. You resigned in 2019. The coverage on it yep. was, I guess, polarizing would be a good way to describe it. I'm curious about how being on the other side of reporting impacts how you work as a journalist. Uh, I make sure and in, in- That whole thing didn't change this about my journalism uh, because my quotes have never been questioned. Um, I've never been labeled a plagiarist or anything like that. Uh, So it didn't change it. It just pretty much helped maintain it, if that makes a lot of sense. Before I write something, before I say something, 
I make sure I know what I'm writing about or speaking about, okay? I don't speculate. If I have questions, I ask them. And as far as all that and me and the resignation is concerned, I did that not because of the allegations or whatever was going, the polarizing stuff on social media. I did that because as the chair for five years of the Human Rights Commission, I built up a momentum that people started trusting. And I didn't want to get in the way with that. So after seven years, seven total years on the HRC, I decided it was my time to let somebody else take that turn. That's simple. Right. And I will point out that you did have your fair share of supporters in this. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty clear uh, from looking at it, which is why, as I said, and I, but I do want to take it to something else uh, that you have a section on the site uh, that I enjoyed called free speech. Uh, yeah. What are you looking to accomplish with that? Well, sending messages, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I have one columnist that's Amy Jo Hutchinson, and uh, she's a terrific lady, grew up in poverty. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately around here, a lot of people don't want to think that in Ohio County, there's poverty but there is. And if she can write about it and write about it very realistically, I feel that I'm doing my job waking them up. And I'm a big fan of my open letters. Um, there has to be a reason to write one. Like this last Saturday, I could have just created one, but I didn't. I didn't. I published something else uh, because if it if there's not a valid reason for me to wake somebody up, then I don't waste my time just doing it just to do it. Um, but waking people up is absolutely <laughs> my goal. With Let, Bruce. So let's take that one step further. Give me an example. Uh, I think this is a good thing to kind of use as a teaching point uh, for uh, teaching the younger people. How do you go about waking someone up with an open letter, the one and use one of the ones that you've done as an example. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice is um, uh, he. You want to talk about polarizing, Mark Um <laughs> At one point, we have this massive bridge project. You you mentioned it in the beginning. I seventy is only fourteen and a half miles through Ohio County, but there's twenty six bridges, and they were in horrible condition. So Governor Justice decided he's going to initiate the Roads to Prosperity Project. He's going to uh, take all the federal dollars that we get for our highways. He's going to raise registration. He's going to raise this and whatever else. And he's going to do a multitude of Roads to Prosperity projects across the state of West Virginia. Well, the 26 bridges came in and about 100 million more than what Jim Justice and his uh, Division of Highways people estimated. So he threw away the bids. So I went under all 26 bridges and I took photos of the condition of all those bridges. And then I wrote Jim Justice an open letter about those photos. And I printed those photos as well. Two weeks later, a new bid process started. So I woke Jim Justice up and our Area state lawmakers will verify that if you'd like. <laughs> That's very, um, um, the the vibe I get from you all the way through this is old school is still pretty good. Old school, 
still plays. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, you made a couple of comments earlier about young people and interest in the news. One of the things that we do here, admittedly, is try to serve young people who want to go into the news, who want to be yeah. the next version of someone like you. Um, and typically, I have uh, my colleague on the podcast, Emmy Lederman, ask these questions, but she's not able to make it today. So I'll, I'll fill in in her place. Um, how sure. can we interest the next generation of journalists in covering local news? Show them the way to follow real journalism instead of the alleged fake news and the biased news. Young people don't want that crap, Mark. You know it, and I know it. If we were 25 years old, would, be, would, would we be interested in journalism? I mean, maybe baseball journalism. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I mean, baseball, you, you get to cover people that play a game for a living. And, you know, I mean, as you can see over my shoulder, I played a little bit of baseball. Um, and I love the game. I watched the Pirates lose again today, five to one. Uh, after taking the Reds, Mark, don't you hate that runner on second and extra? Yeah. That is. We're going to go there. Good. This oh. is a journalism podcast. We, we can go there Sorry. slightly, but I get it. Sorry. But, no, that, that's good. You know, I don't think young people really, like I said earlier, in this day and age, because of the way they grew up, you know, perhaps they're not really caring about the news until it impacts them. And I, and I totally get that. But see, I grew up with Walter Cronkite. Okay. That's the way it was. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the way, that's why I am the way I am. Um, I'm not, it's not my job to tell you how to think. It's my job to give you the facts. With features, it's my job to tell the person's story because every person has the story. The slogan for lead is everyone above the fold. And that's because I don't believe anybody deserves to be below the fold because that means they're the unseen ones. Maybe that's what we explain to our young people and maybe that'll jive with what they're thinking. And then that way they'll be like, that's the kind of journalism I wanna do. So what gaps in reporting are there right now in your eyes? local community uh, here in the Wheeling area. Uh, we have several newspapers all owned by the same company. And it's my opinion that all they try to do is manipulate. And I think that's why their circulation is going away. You know, local newspapers, print newspapers could still survive. They could be the last surviving print media if they would just cover their communities, if they would cover families with kids, if they would, if they would show that the village still exists to raise the child. They don't do that anymore, Mark. And that's the, the purpose of what you're doing. Um, yeah. So how do you develop, uh, how do you advise developing trust with your audience? Tell them the truth and don't be wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, just tell the truth, report facts, don't attempt to manipu uh, manipulate, don't attempt to tell anybody how to think, just give them the facts so they know how to think for themselves. I've done that throughout my 31-year career, um, and I'm going to keep doing it as long as the good Lord allows me to do it.
<laughs> and you mentioned uh, how uh, big the area that you're trying to cover is. How do you manage to cover all of your bases and represent the entire community? I have a wonderful family and wonderful friends. <laughs> uh, you know, I get around pretty well um, because I've worked as far away as uh, Wetzel County. Uh, because I've been the Ohio editor, I have a ton of contacts. Um, and, uh, and I stay, I pay attention to social media, Mark, uh, because social media, while not everything is true, um, you can see a lot of things happening. It's kind of like, what was that show that uh, had the computer that could, um, you know, watch over everyone using all the cameras and everything? I think social media, especially Facebook, in a lot of ways, is our true blue big brother. Um, and I get a lot of ideas from what people post. And that allows me um, on photo days um, to get out there and take enough photos for 10 stories some days. Um, and, you know, I go from there. Right now, I have a list of stories that I need to write, um, probably numbering 10, but I'll get them because it's what I love to do. Uh, you basically you cross every bridge, so to speak, I suppose. Around here, crossing every bridge is something of a necessity. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, briefly uh, educate us on the podcast that you do. Well, um, it's, it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. Um, I, I do a lot of uh, locals from Marshall County, Belmont County, Ohio County, Brook County, uh, sometimes further away. I have everybody, for instance, today, I had the sheriff of Ohio County along with the chief deputy here in Ohio County. And we talked about everything um, uh, from the I-70 project to criminal activity to secondary roads uh, and things like that. And then I had a local music promoter um, for a segment called Liner Notes. Uh, anybody who knows what liner notes are, they're the finer points about the production of an album um, or the production of live music. So we cover a lot of the live and local musicians that we have here, like the gentleman I mentioned before, Brett King. Yep. And it's uh, super, I guess there's hyper local. I would definitely call it hyper local, super local, even. I noticed that on one, you did try to offer the teaching of how to throw a changeup. I did. <laughs> um, and, the baseball uh, never leaves you no it really doesn't i have a baseball next to me uh here at my desk i have a uh, signed baseball from nolan ryan my greatest all-time big league pitcher <laughs> um, i pick up this baseball that's in my hand right now actually mark since you mentioned it uh and that's when i'm doing my my thinking while i'm writing awesome. um yeah i mean baseball uh, I was very lucky. It paid for my education. Um, and, you know, when everything didn't work out, at least I had that education. Nice. All right. Last question. Is there a journalist or organization that you're not currently affiliated with that you would like to salute? Well, I've thought about that since you asked. You, we talked about it yesterday. Yep. Um, and I think the Daily Yonder. I know that that's the, uh, the outlet on that published the uh, John W. Miller story on me, uh, but I have continued to follow that and I really like their mission. Um, it's true blue America, man. That, that is such Americana. It's about the real struggles. It's about what real people across this country 
are experiencing. And some of it is very challenging and some of it is challenging yet not being paid attention to by those governments. Um, and I really, really enjoy what they cover on a daily basis because they publish every day, not four times a day like Weed, um, but you know, Weed does publish four times, but you know, some of them are are provided press releases that I just want to get the information out. Yep. Um, the Daily Yonder uh, pays for its content. It is where uh, what I hope Weed can become in the future, as far as pay scale and and you know topics. And I'm not going to stop until we get there, quite frankly. So the Daily Yonder is is something John introduced me to, and something. I will follow from here on. Nice. All right, Steve Novotny, uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. Best of luck. My pleasure. Thank you, Mark. Welcome to Journalism History, a podcast that rips out the pages of your history books to re-examine the stories you thought you knew and the ones you were never told. I'm Terry Finneman, and I research media coverage of women in politics. And I'm Nick Hershaw, and I research the history of New York sports. And I'm Ken Ward, and I research the journalism history of the Great Plains and Rocky Mountains. Find the Journalism History Podcast at journalism-history.org podcast, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leadnews.com, that's L-E-D-E, covers the Upper Ohio Valley in West Virginia. It has comprehensive coverage of local and state news, features, food, entertainment, and sports. It's a complement and not a competitor to the other media outlets. For more information, I suggest reading the John Miller article in the Daily Yonder, which is linked in the show notes, or go to leadnews, L-E-D-E, news.com, also the home of the podcast, Steve Novotny Lives. The Journalism Salute is dedicated to the memory of Dr. Robert Cole, who ran the journalism department at Trenton State College, the College of New Jersey, for more than 30 years. Dr. Cole grew up in the West Virginia town of Beaver. He had an unfinished memoir about his childhood at the time of his death. There are a couple of pieces published online. I remember Harry told of his meeting a major league pitcher named Harry Perkowski as a kid. It was published by John Thorne in the publication The National Pastime from the Society for Baseball Research. And Kale Registering on a Hook, a story of his success in high school basketball, was published in Best American Sports Stories in 1998. That story is one I know Dr. Cole was quite proud of. Thank you for listening to the Journalism Salute. Please let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Twitter at JournalismPod, and you can email us at JournalismSalute at gmail.com.